Good morning, everybody. Good morning. This is another edition of Just a Fan Sports Talk. This is going to be the episode where I um, basically preview, excuse me, not preview, but review uh, The Last Dance, episodes three and four. Now, um, I know I said I was going to drop it last night. I fell asleep like extremely early, so my apologies on that, but here we go. I'm going to drop it now. Hope everybody having a good morning, staying safe, and everybody doing what they need to do. For all my people that are in the uh, in the state of Texas, you know, um, Greg Abbott, the governor, just gave the executive order that started May 1st. Everything, well, you know, a lot of stuff starting to open up as far as restaurants, malls, stores, uh, retail shops, stuff like that. So everybody just practice safe social distancing. Um, let's get the world open back up, back up. Eventually we can have some sports going and everything will be good that way. So without further ado. We about to just jump in to the episode and let's get to it. So, um, episode three of the Last Dance was really good. It was more on a you know an in depth insight of Dennis Rodman and you know how he grew up, where he grew up. Even though they ain't throwing the pole where he was staying in the cliff, but we'll get to that another time. But um, it really showed you, you know, like Dennis Rodman, how he started. And kind of how he ended up the way he did. Because, I mean, if you look at it, he just seems like an individual that was just misunderstood, that needed help, but didn't know how to ask for it, per se. And, you know, he wanted to just be loved. And I don't think he never just received that, because that's how I perceive it. And then, of course, you let alcohol, gambling, possibly drugs get in the way, and the hair coloring and the... Wearing the dresses. I mean, like, if you think about it, he was doing this in the mid, early, mid, late night in the 90s. Stuff that people doing 20 years that time today. Like, he was so ahead of his time when it came to just the way that he dressed, you know, his actions, things of that sort. He was completely ahead of the curve. But, um, you know. It was just the person that just to me honestly just was misunderstood. And just it was like a cry, like, I need help. But you know, let's say he got it or didn't get it, you know. Um on the court though, you you couldn't phase him defensively. You know, he was um like literally like the best rebounder for like all of the nineties. Like <laughs> the dude was a absolute beast. To go six years in a row, number one in rebounding. Dude was a freak when he learned how to basically box out and just like completely control the paint that way. And he gave you a few offensive numbers, but I mean, he had, which is a stat that I thought was crazy. He had seven games in his career where he had zero points and 20 rebounds. Like, that's all he was doing. Like, dude was like amazing when it came to them boards. And... You know, he was that when Pippen was out the year in 98, um, 97-98 season, when Pippen was out, you know, as they say that Rodman was that, you know, go-to guy for Jordan. And um, once Pippen came back, it was just like, you know, oh, you got to be a third wheel. And he probably didn't really like that, things of that sort. But, you know, which kind of probably spawned him to be like, hey, I need to take a vacation. And that was one of the throwest things in the middle of the season, like, 
hey, Phil, I need to I need to go to Vegas. You know, I need to take a vacation. Like, Dennis, what are you doing? Like, it's it's the middle of the season. Like, we trying to hit this three-peat, and you just talking about you need to leave. Like, you know, it's like, why? <laughs> why do you need to go? What is the point? <laughs> you know, I just need to get away, clear my head, which in essence he probably did, but it's like, bro, you can't wait till like an off day, you know, wait till we get to that city in the morning or something. Like, you know, it's it's the drive to just do it. And he had the drive. It's just that, that it was the mental more than anything because on the court, he never gave up. He gave 110% every game. It was just outside of that when it came to the, the celebrity aspect of it. Uh, who's to say he could handle it or whatever the case may be. It just, it could have been overwhelming for him, and which happens to a lot of people. Celebrities, you see it all the time. They have nervous breakdowns due to, um, you know, just due to a bevy of things. Um, it could be, you know, stress, the, the spotlight, everybody looking at you, all eyes on you, you know, can get to a lot of people, you know, um, the price of fame, you know. And so, of course, you know, he leaves. He's gone for a few days. Jordan had to come get him. Carmen Electra in the room. Ain't no telling what's going on. Ain't no telling what they doing. No telling. Rodman gets back, back to focusing. And you know how this story played out. They end up winning the championship. So, later parts of the episode, they start discussing about um, basically Phil Jackson as well and how his life came about. And, you know, his early playing days and things like that, which if you look at tape, I'm not saying that it's just like similar, similar, but slightly similar. If you've seen the way that Phil Jackson played outside of the shooting aspect, he looked like dirt for us running up and down the court, just lanky, just, you know, long legs, long arms. But, I mean, you know, he did end up winning two championships with the Knicks. Then he went to the uh, CBA team in Rochester, won a championship with them. And then, you know, came on as an assistant with the uh, Bulls. And, you know, as they show, like, Doug Collins was good. And he was a player's coach. But they um didn't, you know, really care for, as far as, like, upper management, didn't really care for his um – the the style of play for is just here. We're gonna put the hand the ball in Michael's hands, and then hey, we'll just go from there. With Ted Winters, the creator of the triangle, wanted to implement the offense to where everybody in essence touches the ball, and it gave a chance to where it was taking the ball out of Michael's hands, but it still allowed Michael to get the points. Versus instead of you getting fifty, you get twenty nine or thirty. But those points can go to other people that are open to have those shots. And you see that um, once they've seen the philosophy and then, you know, pretty much with Doug Collins being at odds with uh, the general management in the 89 season, which came to season of uh, 8990, where uh, Phil Jackson actually took over his first head coaching job. And you see how that played out over the years. He ended up winning 11 championships, six with the Bulls, five with the Lakers. Did pretty well. Didn't do good with the Dicks, but I think that was a sabotaging job. I don't, I don't, I don't care what nobody say. I think he sabotaged that on purpose. Like the way he handled Melo, all that just it didn't go well. But um, still, one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in NBA history. So they um, – Get Phil Jackson as the coach. 
you know, you start pulling the pieces together, and then it's like, okay, you get to the Eastern Conference Finals two years in a row, but you had that one roadblock, and that one roadblock was the Detroit Pistons. So, going to episode four, talks about basically having to get over that hump, and that hump, which is a roadblock, which was the Pistons. As you see, Jordan, when he first got in the playoffs, when he gets the Celtics, lost you get back in, it's like, okay, we go get there. Losing in. It's like, okay, this is 88 now. It's like, all right, we, we getting there. We getting there. We going to get there. Boom, you lose again. And you lose into a team that was more physical than you because of who the players they had. I mean, look at the roster for us, the Detroit Pistons. You had Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars, Bill Lambeer. You had Mahorn, and you had Dennis Rodman. And they all played physical. Now, a lot of people saying, oh, well, the Bulls when it's physical. Like, everybody was physical in, you know, early 80s and 90s. Well, pretty much all the 80s and the 90s. But it was more on the lines of, like, a team that, as they were saying in a documentary, you had your Celtics and you had your Lakers. You had your team in the West, your team in the East. That was it. <laughs> you know, it wasn't too many sneaking in. Just think about, like, the 80s period. It was either the Celtics or the Lakers outside of uh, Philadelphia winning that um, championship. But besides that, that's all you really got. And then the Pistons was like, as they said, like, we were the ones that weren't invited to the party, but we was going to crash it. And that's exactly what they did. They came in. That's what they got the name, Bad Boys Pistons, because they were um, – they was fighters. You know, it's just like we coming in and we finna run it, whether you like it or not. And it worked because they had, you know, back to backs, uh, 89 and 90. And the Bulls was the up and coming team that everybody knew they own their way. They're on their way. And the only problem was is just that they had their roadblock that they had to get over because they knew that after the 89 season, like, the only way we going to win is if we beat the Pistons. So, the Eastern Conference Finals comes for 1990. For the, uh, well, not 1990 because they won the 91 season. Eastern Conference Finals it was the Bulls versus the Pistons. Boom. Hated rivalry. As you could tell, they hated each other. Jordan still today don't care for him. I don't think they care for him. It was still that boiling over rivalry that's still there today because of the it was the intensity level of knowing like, man, this is this is deep. This is real. So you see, and the Bulls, they had a they they were trying to make a statement. Not only to just the Pistons because they end up sweeping them for their series. But to the world itself, like, we are here. It is our time. And um, as you see, you see how I played out. Ain't it one of six championships in eight years? Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, So they got over that hump. And then, you know, the whole controversy, which looking at the uh, first take uh, yesterday about the whole like walking off the court, not saying nothing. They said the only person that really said something was um, actually John Sally, which ended up playing for the Bulls and getting a championship. But um, outside of that, it was like everybody walked off. You know, they was like, well, we ain't going to say nothing. And they said it was basically Beer Beer was the one who they conjured that up to say, nah, we ain't going to say nothing. But what pissed the Bulls off, especially Jordan, they was like, bro, we, the 
the I mean, like just a year before in the exact same position as y'all, we shaking hands, we doing our list and y'all just walk off. I mean, it's it's a you know, it's a brotherhood at the end of the day. And, you know, for them to just walk off was slightly disrespectful. But I mean, it's like think about it like they just had got their asses handed to them and got swept. The defending champions got swept, <laughs> swept. <laughs> Don't really happen like that, you know. But um, only team that, that I can remember in my time happening to was the Lakers back in the 2011 uh, playoffs when they got swept after just winning the championship in the second round versus your homegrown hometown Dallas Mavericks, which was still one of the best championship runs. As far as, man, Dirk was on a whole other level, but we'll get to that another time with the um, with some memories and stuff like that. When it comes to our Dallas championships, but um, with it, though, you know, they knocked them off and they were pretty, you know, pretty upset. So they walk off and then, you know, Isaiah said yesterday it really didn't go like that. But then Jordan was like, yeah, I don't care what you say, how you even try to mend it, which I got to agree with Jordan. I don't care what you say when it comes to something damn near 30 years later for you to say, Oh, well, had it been different, like, yeah, it would have been different now because you got plenty of time to reflect on it. But in the moment, Jordan, he was right. He was like, basically, y'all, you know, was my hoes for that, <laughs> which, I mean, um, I ain't trying to say, but, you know, yeah, pretty much. So, <clears throat> you know, that's what happened with that. And then, so, they, in 91, go against Magic and... Once they went against Magic and the Lakers, beat them in five. Like, the Bulls was determined that year. Because as you see previous to it, the year before, after they got their asses handed to them by Detroit, you know, as they said, they was like, well, we're going to have the Jordan rule. Pretty much if he come in the paint, ain't nothing soft. You getting hit every time. If he in, if it's anywhere in that vicinity of that goal, get him. And then Jordan was, a, you know, like, not lanky per se, but he was a you know, small kid, smaller guy, very athletic, jumping out the gym. But he wanted to, you know, after losing that, that's what I like about his leadership, though, because he had the, I mean, the win-at-all-cost mentality. Um, he sat there was like, I want to get stronger. I want to get bigger. And that's what he did. They all in the gym. Like, it wasn't no, we ain't finna vacation. We ain't finna do this. We ain't finna do none of that. We finna get in this gym and we finna get there work. And that's exactly what they did. Got in the gym, got stronger, got bigger. Because as Michael said, I'm tired of being the one feeling the punishment. I want to dish it out. And then that's how they became a physical team. Like, they wanted to get to that point to where they was like, we need the brute force to give out. And then, as Isaiah was saying, he was like, man, y'all can't say I live because y'all had Charles Oakley, but Oakley was gone prior to the um, meetings between um, the Bulls and the Pistons because, as you know, he was traded um, for Bill Cartwright. So that gave them their presence in, in the paint with Bill Cartwright being, uh, you know, that center and tower presence. But... Um, you know, they determined, they was like, bro, I'm tired of getting pushed around. I'm tired of getting bullied by these dudes because not just a physical thing. They had beat them mentally for the past two years because they knew that they had their number. And so when 91 came, Jordan was like, yeah, nah, we coming for you. Like, and it wasn't just like, we finna come for you. Like, we coming for your head because as you see, 
what happened? <laughs> what happened? I beat them down, and I just beat them, swept them. Then they come to the finals in 91, and when it came to the finals, you know, in five. Like, they were determined. Jordan got his first ring. It was like the joy, like they said, it was weird to see Jordan crying and being emotional because they had only seen one side, just one side, anger. That's all they said they seen, you know, one of the nails. He was like, it's just, he was mad and everybody looking like, dang, is, is he crying? Like, nah, I know, I know he ain't crying, bro. But yeah, because of the emotion of like, man, to finally have that monkey off your back to say, man, I finally did it. And, you know, as LeBron tweeted yesterday, that was something that I, you know, it made him emotional to see, you know, just to see like that elusive one that you've been chasing because with same thing with LeBron. In 2012, you got to think you went nine years from the 03-04 season to the 2011-2012 season, eight, nine years in between of chasing that elusive championship that you just couldn't get. Jordan went from 84 to 91, seven years of trying to chase, knowing that you are anointed as the greatest player to not have the championship. And LeBron with his three, which he'll get two more before he retires. And um, Jordan with his six. It's like, man, they're there, you know. And then he knew it was there, but it was not like just the, the just that mentality of like, I want to win. And that's what, you know, when it comes to just life in general, uh, as I stated before, it's like having that mumble mentality. Like Kobe was just like Jordan in the sense of like, I want to win at all costs. Like he said, you know, Jordan, hey, there's no iron team, but he was like, shit, it's a, it's a, a, a iron win, though, and that's what I'm trying to do. Same thing with Kobe. Hey, Kobe, there's no iron team, but it's an M.E. in that motherfucker. <laughs> Basically, what is he saying, shit? Uh, hey, <laughs> I want to win. If I got to put it all on my back, then <laughs> so be it, I'll do it. And then, so, um, that goes with that, and... That's what made Jordan, you know, the man that he is. So episodes five and six are actually going to be uh, episode five is about some controversy with Horace Grant, possibly leaking information when it was going through their championship runs. And then episode six is basically going to be about the Jordan brand itself actually being built, how it came about. Um, hopefully they talk about the band ones because that story, like that is a really good story. Like if you haven't ever read this story or heard about it, definitely look it up um, about the band Air Jordan ones. Cause like that's what molded a culture like none other. There had never been a time where a shoe <clears throat> like molded the culture. Even till today, like I am a Jordan fanatic. If everybody knows me I like that, I'm a 13, like Jordan 13s. That's like my absolute favorite shoe. The Flint 13s finna drop in about a month, so you already know your boy finna get them. Um, there's some other two that came out that I should have got. Didn't uh, the reverse he got games? Got the he got games. Should have got the reverse ones. I still can't because they like super cheap in the malls. So when the malls open back up, you already know your boy finna be in that thing. But um, with that, 
Um, we're going to see how it goes uh, for episodes uh, five and six. I can't wait. As stated, I will be giving a review for um, episodes five and six. It will be Monday or like today, Tuesday. I'll pro- be providing that particular content. Um, let's see. In the world of sports, um, as you see, as of yesterday, they did state that there was a possibility of May 1st opening up um, NBA uh, practice facilities in certain states where um, basically they were reopened. And then they came up together and said May 8th. So if it's not this Friday, it will be next Friday. Um, I just want to kind of talk for a second on like the whole coronavirus and just social media within itself. I've been seeing a lot of people um, talking about like, OK, I'm going to wait and I'm going to wait and I'm going to wait, you know, and you have that right, you know, to, hey, if you want to wait, don't think it's safe, you know, by all means, don't go. But I've been seeing this, especially with social media, from the exact same people that was just saying, that's been complaining and bitching for the past two months about not... <laughs> Being able to go out, I want to go out, I want to go out. Then it's like you get that opportunity to go and you're like, well, I don't know. I'm kind of scared. It's like my thing is like when it comes to it, eventually you're going to have to go out. You know, like the stuff eventually has to open up no matter if it's today, next week, next month or next year. Like eventually comes to that point to where things are going to open up. So therefore, if it's opening up, then I mean, we just going to have to honestly take that particular chance and just. You know, practice safe, um, safe social distancing and still just, you know, integrate yourself safely into the world. But it's at the point where, like, it's going to be the summertime. It's heating up. You know, the virus, it's getting to a point to where it's going to start um, slowing down and kind of mellowing itself out due to the simple fact that just like the flu virus, that's why people rarely, hardly often get the flu in the summer because as they state that supposedly, um, you know, when it comes to the viruses itself, anything over 80 degrees should in essence kill that um, virus. And you see here in the state of Texas, we hit 99, 102, 103, stuff like that on a daily consistent basis, especially in the summer. So everything, you know, eventually should be getting back to normal, which me personally, I'm just waiting on that time to where we can just get back to normalcy because I ain't even going to stunt. Like, I'm just me personally, I'm just waiting on the barbershops to open up because I miss Dax so much. I just miss them clippers, man. I just I need to hear that in my ear for that fade. I cannot wait, but um, when it comes to like salons, you know, nail salons, beauty shops, stuff like that, barbershops, they're looking at mid-May, so in essence, you're probably looking at May 15th as the, the, the go-about time of that, if they don't make that change to May 8th, but I'm thinking either May 15th, that weekend, <laughs> your boy finna be in that thing, and I don't care what's going on, I gotta get this cut, my boy, I need it. I'm fainting for it. I ain't had no cut since February. February. Middle of February was the last time I literally had a cut. Two and a half months since I had a cut. And I am. Yeah, I'm I'm needing it, y'all, at this point. It's it's, it's getting real out here. Excuse me. The struggle is real. But, um, 
yeah, with it, just, you know, everybody just practice, just, just practice safety, you know, still wear your mask, still keep your social distancing, be aware of, you know, aware of your surroundings, you know, don't just try to rush into everything. I mean, everything's not going to be opened up completely like that anyways. And then everybody's like, well, you're going to be the test guinea pig. I was like, you're going to be a, a, a guinea pig tester no matter what, because it's still, if you're still going out, no matter what the case may be, it's still a, 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 not like a social experiment per se, but it's still just to collect the data to see. And then on top of it, people been like, well, it's too soon. Well, for the essential places that are still open, like the store, you've been going there, right? Have you got sick? Has it affected you? Okay, then. And again, that's places like, I'll give you an example, Walmart. Walmart, in some places, have limited the amount of people, but like in my area here in uh, the Carrollton area, ain't been no limits. People been in and out, and it's been a bunch of people standing in line. It's been social distancing, but it's still a lot of people in a condensed area at one time. Now, if you're taking the data from that to say, okay, well, these people, 10 people on this day went to Walmart and got sick, then that would be explainable, but it hasn't happened. So, therefore, you can't just say, oh, well, I ain't going to the mall, or I ain't going to go this. Now, I ain't saying you got to sit in a restaurant, per se, because, again, you don't have to do that with the exposed environment like that. But eventually, you have to get out. To we got to get back to a state of normalcy. Like it, it's gonna happen. Like I mean, if you just just practice that. I mean, I can't stress it enough. Just practice safe, you know, safety precautions to where you will not be affected by it. But um, rather than that, you know, everything is gonna be good. Like we gonna get back to being normal. Everything is gonna be getting good hopefully it makes the world a better place you know crime has went down um as far as just the environment itself far as your ozone layers you know it has it reduced all the pollution um it's i mean honestly the world itself has became better and i just hopefully we can just continue those safe practices and just allow the you know just the environment itself and just the world itself to still be uh as good as it possibly can be. I mean, no school shootings, any of this kind of stuff, no crazy stuff. I mean, you've had an incident here and there, but for the majority of, you know, when it comes to a bunch of violent crimes and things of that sort, it's just, it's almost been non-existent. And that's a good thing if we can just continue with that just to make the world a better place. I mean, that's all I really want, honestly, just, I mean, let's just peace and humanity for all. And, um, you know, hopefully we can get to that point uh, soon, you know, soon enough. But um, rather than that, you know, that's pretty much all I got. Um, Really just trying to have the show take off, guys. Um, Want, you know, more viewers, more listeners, you know, make the show better by all means. Definitely um, reach out to me on my social media platforms um, to just let me know if you like the show, any improvements, uh, any guests. Um, Yeah, I'm definitely wanting guests they i'm just in essence waiting on um once everything kind of clears up to definitely start having those guests because i had my brother and my boy doozy on and i know people really enjoy it that so i'm definitely wanting more of that i'm gonna have uh, definitely more guests we're gonna have more subjects more topics all of this kind of stuff like it is about to be good it's about to be the summer we finna 
um, just go over a lot of things. We're going to have my partners on. We're going to be, man, it's going it's to be fun. Again, if anybody would like to join the show, any topics, any suggestions, uh, by all means, want to discuss anything, I'm all ears for it. And, um, you know, let's make this work. You know, I got a vision with this. Um, just a fan it was something that I did start over um a little over a year ago um and i had the concept and it's just something that i want to stick with no matter if i get a million viewers or one view you know i still this is something that i want to do to the people because i do have a passion and love for this and i just want to share you know my sports social thoughts with you guys so i really hope you have a great tuesday um for the people out there um, I know y'all gonna be eating that Tuesday special at Popeyes, so make sure y'all get that. Make sure it's hot and fresh. Make sure y'all get some butter, not butter, excuse me, some honey with them biscuits. Get you something to drink with them, cause I already know your ass gonna choke on it. If you don't, um, you know, again, stay safe. Um, practice social distancing. Um, wear your mask, wear your gloves if you need to. And y'all, let's just get back to normalcy. Let's uh, let's get it. Hope y'all have a productive Tuesday, and I am out. I let your boy.